It is not the strongest species that survive, nor the most intelligent, but the ones most responsive to change. The context of this apocryphal quote, commonly attributed to Darwin, is related to this theory of biological evolution. But I believe there's something more there. For many of us, we don't want to just survive, we want to thrive. We want to achieve as much as we can while being our best selves, or at least while striving to find out who our best selves are. So with that in mind, what does change responsiveness look like for us in our careers? How do we adapt professionally to make sure we're constantly setting ourselves up for long-term success? What does that even mean? What does that look like? This is Ade, and you're listening to Live in Corporate. It's the remix. <laughs> what? Thank you for joining us. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Today we were talking about reinventing yourself professionally, so I thought it was contextually appropriate. So the act of making a career change that is in line with your long-term career goals. Oh, okay. Yes. Gotcha. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is really important, though, like the concept of looking where you believe you're trending professionally and making adjustments. Sometimes they're major adjustments where appropriate. Speaking of which, Ade, would you mind talking to us about your journey to becoming an engineer? It's been a pretty rough, rough trip so far. And I mean, some of it has been very enjoyable. And I I mean that with all sincerity. I've had some amazing experiences, but a lot of it has just been, you know, having to teach yourself a whole new, a brand new field of knowledge. Um, I, I like to describe myself as a learner. Um, but having to teach yourself a whole new field of knowledge when you have nothing to base that um, field on is incredibly daunting. Um, and I've had some, you know, technical issues, like technical difficulties along the way. And I've also had some very... Um, like up at 2 a.m. in the morning, like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't think that I am up to the task of making this the switch. And that's not because I don't find this interesting. I don't find this like mind meltingly awesome. It's that I just don't feel like I'm capable. And so um, those doubts always exist. But the fun thing um, about this switch is that in reinventing yourself, you discover parts of yourself that you didn't know were there and so it's it's difficult it's daunting um but it's also really really rewarding like sometimes I get to a point where um I write code and it works or um my portfolio site comes together and I'm like oh my god I did it I did it and I didn't I mean yes I use stack overflow more than once but I did it, you know, you get that sense of accomplishment that you're not actually steering your your life right off a cliff. And um, there's that duality of, on the one hand, am I even supposed to be here? And on the other hand, on the days where, you know, you do feel like you're in the right room, you do feel like you're doing the right thing, and you do feel like I'm right where I need to be. It's this breathless wonder, I suppose, is the best way of putting it. Um at just how dope everything could be. That's so cool. I know of a few people, right, who've who've made similar changes in terms of not similar changes in terms of being, becoming an engineer, but similar decisions to 
kind of make a pivot, right? Career-wise. And, you know, I've seen people who have transitioned from being like HR managers to being fashion bloggers. I've seen, I have friends who have transitioned from being teachers to being full-time photographers. I have friends who worked in the government and now they're like running intramural sports leagues. And I can't speak to the bag, like how much money they're making, but I can, (laughs) but I can say that each and every one of them seem much more fulfilled in their day-to-day activities. And so like, I'm really excited for you because you're going through a journey yourself and I'm excited to see what the other side of that looks like for you. And, um, and I know that, (laughs) (laughs) and and I know that regardless of whatever, you know, ultimately it is, you're going to be your, your, a better version of yourself coming out of it. So I'm really excited for you for that. And here's where we insert (laughs) this liberatory Millie rock. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, you know what? I think it would be super interesting to talk to someone who has had to professionally maybe reinvent themselves a couple times over several times. over. I'm, I'm thinking major changes, something like transitioning from education to car sales to, I don't know, stock brokering, uh, to maybe part of pharmaceuticals to, mm, let's go with hospice care and bonus points. If this person was somehow related in some form or fashion, to one of our living corporate hosts. Oh, you mean like our guest, my dad, Ed Nunn? What? <laughs> Sound man, listen, you're going to give me my pound, pound, pounds, but then you also give me a couple pound, pound, pounds because it's my dad, okay? So, bam, 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 give me pound, a couple pound. more. <laughs> <laughs> give me some pound, pound, pounds, but that needs to be on a t shirt somewhere. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> keep it in. All right, so next we're going to get into our interview <laughs> with our guest, my dad. Ed Nunn. We're back. Welcome to uh, this portion of the show called the interview section. Y'all know how we go. Um, So today we have the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Mr. Ed Nunn with us. Ed, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate that. Most certainly. Um, So for those of us who don't know you, um, do you mind sharing a bit of your background? Tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, I'm 53 years old, um, Midwesterner. <clears throat> um, right now, we I'm married. I'm living in uh, outside of St. Paul. Uh, five children. Uh, one of them happens to be um, one of your colleagues, Zach. Yeah. yeah. Um, his siblings are uh, a bit younger. Uh, we have a dog, and my mother-in-law lives with, lives with us here in the suburbs. Okay. I love dogs, so I'm not going to like go down that line of inquiry because I'm going to sit up here all day talking to you about your dog. Um, but that sounds wonderful. It sounds like you have a nice, cozy life with a nice, cozy family, um, which is something that I definitely aspire to. But today we're, we're talking a little bit about professional reinvention, kind of um, remaking your, your career, which is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and the p- path to getting there. Do you mind walking us through your your own 33-year journey to being who you are now? Mm. Uh, you know what? Um, when you put it that way, there's a... I, I, I look back and I think about it in a, uh, 
and I haven't really thought about it when, until you put it that way. 33 years. <laughs> right. You know, um, I recall when I first went to college, um, I had an academic scholarship to Jackson State University. Okay. And um, I recall going to college and, um, you know, honor student and all that stuff. And my, my mom had, had, had talked to me and, you know, uh, I remember taking these trips uh, with my mom and dad and the family to St. Louis and Mississippi and California. And every time we go someplace, you know, she'd talk about these roads and these, these built, I'm sorry, these bridges. And right. she said, you know, son, you could be an engineer. You could build these. You could design these. And my mom and dad weren't, um, or were not educated, didn't graduate high school. Yeah. Uh, but their aspiration was, of course, for all of us to do much more, um, much greater things. And they poured a lot of uh, expectations and resources, time and love and all that into us to do that. Right. So I went to school and I was going to be an engineer. Um, not a civil engineer. Um, I decided on, I, I tried my hand at being a mechanical engineer um, and found out uh, that I, I didn't like engineering. <laughs> 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 so um, instead of, because I went to Jackson State, transferred to Mississippi State, uh, went back to Jackson State and finished up my math degree. <clears throat> so I graduated with a, a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics. And I said, okay, now I'm, I'm out. Uh, what do I do with that? Thought about being a teacher. Um, Tried my hand at teaching mathematics high school for a couple of years. Uh, realized I didn't like that. Left that and went into working as a recruiter for a liberal arts college right. in the Midwest. Left that and became a stockbroker. Really, really um, changed gears there because we, um, at that time I was married and um, we decided to leave the Quad City area. When I got out of mathematics, I moved back to the Midwest, um, back home to the Quad Cities, started the recruitment for the Liberal Arts College, um, became a stockbroker, wanted to leave the Quad Cities, uh, just to the idea of having a family and, and being able to raise a family in a more uh, cosmopolitan, diverse, you name right. it, you could put anything on it you want, it wasn't the Quad Cities. So Right, the stakes are different. Time, well, yeah, it was just different, right. And so we, we decided to go to Minneapolis, the Minneapolis area. Mm-hmm. And got up to the Minneapolis area and realized I didn't really want to start all over again building a book of business after three or four years um, right. doing it in the Quad Cities. So um, started working in the field of uh, pharmaceutical sales. Left pharmaceutical sales, went into selling copiers and uh, printers and multifunction uh, devices. Left that and went into, uh, well, Previously, I went to telecommunications, then to, um, no, I'm sorry, it was telecommunications um, after um, selling printers. And then um, I, I found myself at a point where I was just kind of burnt out. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopping from place to place, industry to industry, and, and not really finding what I'm looking for. It was okay for a little while, get bored, um, literally get bored of it. And, right. and, <laughs> and I, I took a break, flat out took a break. There was a place where the pharmaceutical industry dried up. Um, a lot of reps, uh, the, the companies were downsizing. And I recall, um, I recall talking to my wife and saying, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of this. It really wasn't sales. It was walking in and, you know, pop up ads all you were. You weren't having an opportunity to have a discussion with people around their needs right. and how to solve them. So I, I took a break and I just started my own little deal. Um, I got involved with some with some guys that had an investment idea and and um, we formed a company and started 
um, we're manufacturing with some, with some partners in Asia, uh, some technology, and then we had formed a company to actually, a separate company of Sci-Fi Investment. We were going to import it and start selling it to resellers. And I did that uh, for a couple of years. And um, it was good. We, I enjoyed it. Um, we saw some, some growth, a partner and I did. Um, that went awry because the original investor group kind of, um, they had odd, they went, they were at odds with each other and there's some, there's some issues that, that came about. And, and so that kind of blew up on that side, which oh, then, wow. it then just kind of obviously created the business that we had importing the product and trying to sell it right. uh, to, to the resellers. And so there I am again thinking, okay, great. Now what? Um, so as I sat there, you know, I recall a couple of weeks just saying, okay, what are we going to do? What, what do I want to do? Um, I got a phone call and this was the beginning of what I've, what I've been doing for the last few years of my life. I got a phone call from a hospice company and they, um, I picked the phone up and the lady said, Hey, you know, I'm looking for Ed. And I said, this is he. Hey Ed, um, I'm so-and-so from, um, you know, so-and-so hospice. Have you ever thought about hospice? I said, no. Would you like it? I said, no. <laughs> I, said, I, I, what I know about hospice, um, uh, is death. I, right. you know, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to talk about it. I'm not ready to experience it. So I'm not really interested. Thank you very much. Well, right. just keep my name and never change your mind. Please call, you know, we got your name from so-and-so and we'd like to talk to you. Okay. Thanks. Bye. I hung that up. My wife said, who's that? So I told her, she says, you know, you may want to think about that. I said, sure. I thought about it. No, thank you. Right. But I gave a little more thought. I don't know what happened, but I, I gave some thought. I didn't have anything else lined up necessarily. Uh, I didn't have anything in my mind I wanted to do. And, you know, after I thought about it, eh, there's got to be more to hospice than just death. I mean, it's something we're all going to do, is what I recall thinking. I want her to find out more about it. So I, I, a couple of days had passed. I, I, picked the, I picked the phone and called the lady back. And, you know, a couple, three, four weeks later, uh, I find myself hired by this company, which at the time was one of the largest, if not the largest, um, home health care company. It was yeah. a large company, 60,000 employees here in the States. Uh, but what they did, they were a big company. And so I found myself in the world of uh, still in healthcare, but now in hospice. And uh, I've been in hospice ever since. And that was 2012, I believe. Wow. And so for the last six years, I've been in hospice working for three different hospice companies. Uh, the third one you know, uh, actually was purchased and they decided to shut down a, a third of their operations in the country to kind of get control of five different platforms. It was just spread out too far. And they chose right. to shut down the two offices I was running here in Minnesota, as well as the other 25 or 30 they shut down. Um, and so I got tired of doing hospice for others, and I opened my own hospice company. And so right now I own part of a hospice company, and I'm still working for yet another one, uh, doing sales and marketing for them here in the Twin right. City area. So that's me. Wow. Um, so first of all, I want to take a break. <laughs> I want to like sit back and be like, that was a whole lot. <laughs> and I feel like I've earned. But um, yeah, so it sounds like you've gone through a process of constant reinvention and um, experiences that have built one upon the other. Um, not necessarily a one to one correlation there, but it does sound like um, you've had a wealth of experiences. Have any of them really stuck with you um, or any feedback that you've gotten from um, the people around you? Have, have those stuck with you um, to the extent that you've utilized those thoughts or you've, you've utilized that process um, in other areas of your life, maybe in building your previous companies or in building this one? Yes. 
um, as a matter of fact, the very first time I stepped out um, into the world of commission-based earning versus you know an hourly salary or right. um, some hourly um, pay rather versus salary, just doing it on commission. The very first thing I heard was from my father. He told me, what are you doing? You need to get you a job that pays you a solid hourly rate right. and will just, you can pay your bills. And what are you talking about commission? You don't know what you're going to make. And and um, he didn't care that it was a, that I had um, just been interviewed. And I was the first person of color in the Quad Cities to actually have a Series 7 to be a licensed stockbroker oh, wow. uh, with the company that I had worked that I was working with. And they'd been there in one form or another for 93 years, been around. Oh, wow. And... And he didn't care. He, he, that wasn't one of his, that wasn't a uh, focus. He was, you know, my father grew up in, you know, uh, John Deere and, and forging metal and grinding it and that kind of thing. He's like, Tuh, I'm going to get you a job. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And so right. that experience, the, the, his his objection to it was so strong. I never forget it. I'm thinking, you know, you may be right, but I'm going to try this. <clears throat> and it was the best thing I ever did. And I always go back to that thinking, no, you really have to... Um, have faith in uh, yourself and the things you do, and if you right. really are passionate about it, and you and and you just have to believe in it and go for it. And I never forget that as, as the first thing, the first time I tried to do something outside the realm of what my parents had kind of modeled for me. That was that was the one thing that is stuck out. Like, wow, okay, this is I'm out here by myself now. <laughs> You're on your own, <laughs> right? But yeah, that that one stuck out with me because I I kept that mindset. It was uncomfortable. Ade. It was very mm-hmm. uncomfortable going from uh, a known, you know, right. um, to the unknown in terms of my pay. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, I have a house, you know, all these things you're doing and, and you things to pay for. And all of a sudden, you know, you know, when they first start you out as a broker, you know, I started out to give you a, a pay, a pay, uh, a rather salary and, and wean you off of it. And the goal is to be a year, a year and a half or so that you're 100 percent commission based. Well, after the first three months, I was doing enough in commissions, my commissions, um, far out uh, exceeded my uh, salary. So after three months, I said, you know what? You keep your salary. I'll just go commission here on in. And it was the best thing I ever did. And so I look back and think about the fact that um, had I not done that, had I not gone through that, had I not weathered the storm, my father telling me not to do it and going ahead and doing it, I wouldn't have ventured out and done some of the things I've done in the last few years. Right. Um, and you've kind of touched on it, but I, I do want to backtrack and get like a, an explicit conversation about um, the motivation behind a few of these shifts. Um, so you've mentioned you mentioned that a few of them were by necessity, but um, you made some jumps and you made some decisions that weren't necessarily necessity. They were just you making decisions based off of um, your own motivations. Could you speak to those? Well, um I, I've always found it odd um, that when someone would look at my resume, and this was, you know, I'm 53 now, so when I was in my mid-30s, someone would look at my resume. Because there was a time, and I didn't mention this, that my wife and I actually went to Japan for a couple of years and, and taught English. We just, oh wow, we stopped it all and said, you know what, we don't have kids. Before we go, we're just going to go. Um, let's get started. We're just going to go to Japan, and we're going to start and, and teach for a while and get, get the experience. But when you get back and you sit down with folks and they look at your resume and they're looking for, um, you know, they're looking for 
sluice lobbers, right? Whatever that sluice lobber is, that's what they're looking for. Well, I've got widgets over here. All I've got is widgets. Now, some of mine are yellow, some are green, but I don't have sluice lobbers. And I'm thinking, <laughs> well, why are you looking for that? Why don't you look what's, and I, I know that you're looking for something in terms of what you're trying to do for this position. You want these qualities, you want this person to fill. And they've got this list, but I, I and then they're trying to, you know, jam me into that or jam anybody into it. And what I realized um, was that um, after a while, I, for a while I got, I was frustrated because I, I, I didn't have sluice lovers and I, I didn't fit the mold because I didn't stay nine years here. I didn't stay five years there. And the older I got, the more experience I got, the more I realized that's fine. It just wasn't a fit. But while I was going through it, it was frustrating. Um, and so the decisions that I made to move at first, they were very uncomfortable when I, when I was, you know, I, I, I'd move, I wanted to do something. It was intentional. I didn't like what I was doing. And my thought was, why stay here? Just because the I don't fit this mold, I have to stay until I fit this mold. Who tells me? And when is it okay to move? Because I'm miserable here. How long do I stay here and be miserable so I can do another move here? And I realized, no, that's just not going to work. If that's not a fit because of me moving, well, then that's just not a fit, and I'll just keep moving. And what I came to realize in the end was um, I wasn't going to be happy getting a job somewhere necessarily. It's going to, have to be something, and I know a lot of folks come to it on their own. It took me a while to get to the, you know, get to the fact that um, um, it was okay. It was okay to not be comfortable. It was okay to not fit the mold. And it was okay to go and make your own money your own way. And if you stumbled along the way, you didn't make all the money you thought you were going to make and whatever that stuff was in the middle that I was kind of, you know, letting get in my way, that was okay too. Because the goal was to kind of, you know, be true to myself. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but I really was trying to find something that I didn't have. And so it was okay getting through all that to get to, you know, trying to be happy for my, trying to be happy with what I was, um, um, you know, initially I'm rather uh, going to wind up with, which was a, a journey in terms of um, just feeling like I was um, accomplishing something, you know, for me and myself. Because I, I, I tell my kids all the time, and I know I kind of stray here, but I tell my kids all the time, that my life is my life. I identify myself by my family. Um, I'm only doing what I'm doing because of them in terms of um, trying to provide for them. But if I'm not happy doing it, they're in trouble because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> they're in trouble. So that being the Yo, case, I need to be happy while I'm trying to provide and give them the things that I really want them to have, just like my folks did for me. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think a lot about um, the the career tra trajectory for a lot of my friends or for even me myself. Um, and just thinking about how people map their three year plan, their five year plan, their seven year plan, their 10 year plan. Um, I think a lot of it is based in that continuity. Um, where it's sliver slobber. Sliver slobber. Yes. Um, it makes me think of like my dog chewing on my shoes or something, which <laughs> Now I'm scared that he's chewing on my on my shoes downstairs. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, 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 I've noticed that for a lot of my cohort, we rely on that continuity and we'll even like rewrite resumes and we'll just like try to shave the edges off of the square peg to fit in a round hole. Mm -hmm. um, and it sounds very much that you were like, mm, nope, the square peg is still the square peg. Um and so that process for you, do you have any advice for anybody who's navigating that, that career trajectory on their own, um, such as myself? 
of yeah. how how we should go about it just kind of presenting your experiences and how that might um and how your experiences might might help us or edify us in any way you know what the first thing first and foremost is get comfortable with the idea of being very uncomfortable yikes <laughs> i mean you know you've heard the you know those adages and you've heard you know you want to succeed you you know, you have burning the bridge or burning the boat that got you there, so you're stuck there, those kind of things. Oh, you know, yeah. that's true. You, I'm not saying you burn your, you know, your contacts and you, you burn people. Right. But in your mind, you have to just get used to the fact that, wow, I just did something that, <clears throat> okay, that I, I let that go. And you have to be comfortable letting it go and not going back to it. You let it go for a reason. And... You get, you know, sometimes you can get a, you kind of, you get afraid of where you're going because you're not quite sure and you kind of want to hold on to some things. Um, But I would tell you that, number one, get get very comfortable being uncomfortable. Number two, I would say that you're going to, even if you have that mindset, some of those personality traits of the, you know, the, the, the gambler type of personality. Um, <laughs> seriously, you know, that doesn't mean that the gambler is 100% certain of themselves. Right. Um, but just know that <laughs> um, when you make that call, you're going to fall. You really are. And, and it, but it doesn't mean you made the wrong call. Right. Be comfortable, you know, with being uncomfortable. Know that you're going to fall down uh, along the way, but you have to stay true. You really have to have faith in what you've chosen and have been faith in yourself because I'm telling you this much. If you put yourself out there and the and you're not this you don't have this privileged mindset, you will make it happen for yourself. I, I can guarantee you. If if you if you sincerely understand that um the mindset that you know what I don't know what this problem I don't I don't know how to, I don't know how to solve this one. But right. I will figure it out. I'll, I'll use my resources. I'll, t- I'll call some friends. I'll, I'll have these conversations. I, you do what you have to do. You talk to folks and it'll come to you. And, and But you, you have to know that um, when you put yourself out there, it's going to be challenging. Right. But if you have serious faith in what you're doing and if you don't panic, overly panic, um, <laughs> then... So panicking a little bit is fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You're going to panic a little bit because you know there are times when... I might need a good chunk of change to do something I'm looking, I'm working to do. I, I've got a yeah. few projects now I'm working on that have nothing to do with um, my uh, employer. They have nothing to do with, um, you know, my children right now are, um, they have a, uh, a sibling band and right. they have, um, you know, they're, they're actually um, doing pretty good. They're starting to get going a little bit. They're actually featured on this season's uh, America's Got Talent and that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. um, not featured, but they're actually going to be on the show. I can say that because I was told I could. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's not, except from that, I've got to some rooting other projects where I'm, pardon me? Because I'm looking forward to rooting for them. Oh, I'm, 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 I appreciate it. And I'm sure they would too. But I've got another project I'm working on that I've been working on for five years. And oh, wow. there are times I, like, you know, you have a money crunch. If you need, you know, now, I'm not a rich guy, so if I need thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars, or even ten thousand dollars, and I need it next week, and I don't have it, right. you have to start being creative. How am I getting this money up? You know, I'm not looking to go borrow money, go into debt, um, right. and so you just have some faith that 
you'll figure it out. Um, and, 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 you know, you do. You really do. If, you, if your mindset, if you condition yourself to knowing that, okay, I'm going to hit some things that I don't know how to handle. I'm going to hit some snags. Don't panic. Um, overly so. Just go ahead and, and you know, it's cause there's, there's a process to it. Um, and typically my process has um, been to put different things in place. So I have different areas or different things I can go back to um, to help right. me out. And so, so basically having a backup plan. <laughs> oh, not just backup plan. I'm talking multiple things that are going on at once. Um, okay. You know, the idea of having just one source of income scares the snot out of me. I don't know how folks do that. They have one job. And I look at that and think, you're one management change away from twiddling your thumbs. And I'm thinking, right. how, do you, how do you navigate that? And I realize you might have your a year worth of savings or two years worth of savings or whatever you've got in your savings 401k to survive and why you put, why do it that way? Well, you know what? If that's what you want to do, great. Mm-hmm. My thought is just, I don't, I don't see it that way. I just like to have a little bit more control. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely going to be looking into other streams of income now because you just dragged me by <laughs> my edges. Just... <laughs> that wasn't the intent. That wasn't the intent. But look, I I, I take it with all the love <laughs> and and the good sentiments behind that one. Oh no, I mean, and it's not anything that's. There's nothing elaborate. You know, real estate. You know, for twenty some years I've owned real estate. You know, from several houses and or multi-unit um, buildings to sure. uh, individual, um, you know, houses. But that stuff for the last 20-some years has kept me afloat when, well, you know, it gave me the opportunity to make the choices and say, you know what, I don't want to do that. You know, right now I have a project where I'm building these, um, I, I build these quarter-scale cars. And these things are, these are like four feet long and they're huge and they're, they're quarter-scale. I mean, these things are um, 50 pounds, maybe, uh, they have their functioning, uh, engines, whether the engines be uh, eight cylinder gasoline engines or nitromethane engines. Um, they have working lights, doors, car, you name it. They're actual yeah. scale cars. These things sell for, you know, they sell for a lot of money. Um, so I, that's something I do on the side as well. Just, just a lot of different things going on that help as you want to make a change. Uh, and they also take up your time, but they're a part of the plan because the plan for me has always been, I go back to what I'm doing this for. It's just to make sure I get this group of people through this to a point where they can on their own start navigating. That's my purpose. That's my plan. That's all I'm here to do right now. That's it. And so I'm taking everything I can with me that I'm using um, to do just that period. The end. That's brilliant. Um, I I think that it's important you know, the the thought you just elucidated that it's great and it's a good idea to reinvent yourself, but you also should have um, something to fall back on while you do that. Because it's, it's a good thing to take the leap of faith, but you should have a parachute like, oh, in that sense. Well, if um, you don't, it's a hard, rough landing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there too. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, thank goodness for, you know, parachutes because every once in a while taking that step of, step of faith is just kind of like, I don't know. That's, that's a mighty long way down. <laughs> but you know, you guys, you're, you're much younger. I mean, 
you, I look yeah. at I look at um, you and, and, and Zach and you know folks your age, and I, I say, wow, you don't have to worry about that nonsense. Someone looking at your resume saying, gee, you know, you're only here for two years. You're only here for three years. Right. Uh, you know, you know, that's not a question that people are posing. That, that's that's not even a mindset anymore. Well, you know, thirty years ago, it certainly was. Um, the idea of stability was it was different. Um, and I look at that flexibility um, that you have um, to, you know, to shape yourselves, uh, your careers, your destinies. It, it, I, I think you have, I think you have more flexibility. I think you, there's, there's, there's an opportunity, a greater one, much more easy um, uh, opportunity to do just that than I, I, I had. Um, right. So I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, I really like that. Um, I think those are all the questions that we have today. Are there any thoughts that you would like to share that we haven't gotten to? Anything that um, you really think would benefit us? Yeah, I, I guess um, I, I'm. I, I, let me ask you a question. Sure. Um, Education-wise. What is your education? Um, I have a BA in political science and um, legal studies with, I think I had a, a minors in philosophy. I really wanted to go to law school at the time. Um, and then I began a master's in sociology, uh, the focus being statistical science, but I never completed my master's. Um, and I'm now working on a front-end nano degree at um, Udacity. It's a, it's a Google scholarship that allows uh, people to kind of learn programming skills, which is what I'm interested in. So I really, 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 really want to become a software engineer. That's my that's my eventual goal. Um, I want to build my own apps, but I also want to work at not a Google or a Facebook. I think those are way too large for my personality type, maybe eventually. Um Right now, I definitely want to work at more of a mid-size uh, company where I get the mentorship that I'm really looking for and um, an ownership of of my product products. Honestly, so I can be out here. No, I'm kidding. Um, I mean that that is it a little bit. I I think that I I think that I'm really invested in. Um, in a bit of freedom um, and most of the software engineers that I know and most of the um, jobs that I look at are like oh yeah you can work 90% of the, t the time remote which to me means you know I can spend a solid 90% of my time coding on beaches which I know you don't you know you don't know much about me but I'm very much a water person so the idea of being able to do something that I enjoy in a place I enjoy really, really appeals to me. So I, I have that freedom and my whole life isn't sitting behind a desk somewhere. So if I'm not mistaken, what I'm hearing you say is that um, this education you're pursuing, um, you're doing so in order to gain some freedom in life. Yeah. And control. Okay. Um, if you didn't have to work, what would you be doing? If I didn't have to work, I would own a restaurant. You don't think that's work? 
No. <laughs> um, it's funny. I actually don't know if we'll keep all of this in the in the conversation. I don't know <laughs> where this is going. But I'm um, asking the question because you asked me. I'm, like, I'm getting somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Okay. Okay. Um, if I didn't have to work, um, I would have a restaurant. I actually have a book of recipe ideas and meals that I want to cook. The idea is to have um, a restaurant that is diasporic. So all, all of the, the food in the restaurant would be from the African diaspora, from um, West African, East African-inspired meals to the Caribbeans to um, Latin America and, and meals that are, are typical in Afro-Latino homes, just everything that brings us together um, as one community. I'm very much a community-oriented person, um, and I think that, um, or to me, one of the most beautiful things about the diaspora is how similar but different food is. Um, and Anthony Bourdain, who is like one of the like biggest um, influences for my love of, of food and cooking and people, um, had this thing where he talked about food being the center of humanity like once you talk about a people's food you're talking about people so culture is built on that um and I can I could wax poetic about this all day but essentially I'd be cooking I'd own a kitchen or a food truck or a series of them um and just feed people because I'm African and that's what we like doing <laughs> so so here's my question to you I mean it's just you know, I, I listen to you talk, and the last couple of minutes have been real talk from you. It's been, I can tell it in, in, in your tone. I can tell from the the fact that you have this knowledge about it and this breath and this, this passion about it. I, 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 I marvel at that because I'm wondering, okay, so how many of these changes are you going to take yourself through before you say, you know what, I'm ready for that change now? Yikes. <laughs> because... I have a couple things that I'd like to do for me. Sure. And I'm 53 and I'm working towards and One of them I've already started with these cars. It's, it's, it's a passion. I love cars and I like the idea of control, whatever. And life is extremely, obviously random, but however you can eliminate some of that randomness. But that's one of the things I want to do. So it's taken a long time to get here, dealing with my family, working with my family and, and having my kids and my wife around. That's something that I've always wanted to do and, 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 and I hold dear to. So the idea of working with them with their music career right now, that's really right. big for me. But it's taken a long time to get there. Some of that, well, I have a family, you know, 30 years ago like this. I, um, But to get to something I really love, you already knew it or know it rather. I didn't know until I got here. You already have something that is really, really dear and tender. And I'm listening to you talk about this nano this and this MBA that and uh, this uh, wizzy wazzy this and it was just interesting and then when you start talking about the food I'm thinking okay this is real for her and I'm just wondering what are you going to do and when are you going to decide to do that it's funny that you ask uh, because my, my partner is a tax lawyer and her thing is constantly like we need to get a food truck for you right um <laughs> And so I, I think that it's definitely something I want to work towards within the next five or so or five to ten years, um, because I think that 
for me, it's the security of, of the job because, um, for example, um, I, I kind of provide for my family as well. And it's difficult for me to take a leap of faith with like a mini parachute on my back when I know that like there are people who are relying on me to not break my legs on the way down, you know? Um, and so that's, that's always, that's the fear. So there's the passion behind the cooking, right? Um, and it's like, I, I, I'm definitely not going to die without putting um, at least a plate in front, in front of somebody's face and like anticipating the look on their face when they eat it, right? Um, but I also know that the amount that I have to lose right now um, is keeping me, is what's keeping me from it. So I, I think that the process of reinvention for me um, has to start from a place of absolute commitment, not a place of one foot in the commitment and one foot in the fear, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I Fingers crossed, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing your story later when the both feet, you know, finally land on the commitment side. Um, yeah. And then I'm wondering if it, it'll be that, you know, the, the pain to change, um, you know, was less than the pain to stay the same is what they say. Right. So I'm just wondering what's your motivation? What, what actually gets you to that point? I realize you've got other things that your people are depending on you. I got that. Hey, I got the same thing. Um, right. and I, it's always interesting to hear what people's story is, um, what the story is because I, I've gone through it too, so I, I'll be looking. Uh, I'll be looking to hear hear the hear the, uh, hear the end of this one. Most definitely, and I'm I'm looking forward to like feeding you at some point, <laughs> putting a plate on your on your table, um, and and hopefully I've written like my own e commerce platform or something of the sort. So merging those two loves. Well, I, I got to tell you this. Um, I've listened to you guys with uh, this living corporate, and I was I. I I've got some friends that um, listen to it too, and we we marvel at it. Really? Because yes, yes, I, I think it's I think it's relevant. My wife thinks it's extremely cool because I think you <laughs> guys have you. hit upon something. Well, we think you've hit upon something because you know the the idea of this. Um, it's one thing to acknowledge; it's another to accept, and you know. What you're doing is not new in the, in the, in, in, with respect to wanting, you know, this uh, this acceptance, not just acknowledgement in corporate America for different different peoples, but you guys have been able to um, reach beyond walls of these companies and connect it with this technology and have this conversation, and and you know, it's, I've been at different companies, large companies, you know, a lot of them, you know, Xerox, Lilly, some big companies. And within the walls, um, yeah, there's a lot of um, acknowledgement of different groups of people. And these different groups are formed and they can have a, have a platform of some sort. Um, but typically in the past, and my experience has always been, it's been a pat on, the, pat on the head, right? Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. You guys go over there in the corner and talk and we'll, I'll take it back to the board and, and that'll be that. Uh, or whoever, I'll t whoever I take this report that you guys had a meeting back to, that'll be nice. Um, but you guys have decided that no we don't we're not going to center it in one particular place we're just going to put it out here for everybody you've taken this technology and taken this conversation to a different level 
And it's so relevant. It's because it's now something that isn't confined to somebody's little bitty um, pat on the head from from the corporate leadership. No, this is real. And we get to talk about this stuff. And and we need to talk about it. And so I look at living corporate and say, my God, that's a really cool idea. Man, man, talk about hitting on something that makes sense. And I, I, I enjoy listening to it. I I enjoy listening to you guys, the platform, the the, the way you guys put it together, the music, the artwork. It's cool. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate that it's making this much of an of an impact. Um, And we've certainly been been getting, you know, great feedback from people. And we really appreciate all of those things. Um, So before we close out, do you have any uh, final thoughts, anything that you'd like to share, any shout outs you'd like to give? Uh, Whatever floor is yours a big shout out to um none above um that's the musical group that uh, zach's siblings i have formed uh they've been together for a few years doing their music together they're young they're young but uh, i'd ask that you maybe check them out on uh, america's got talent and support them um and um a big shout out to um my wife, she doesn't know that I'm going to shout her out here, put her out here. But, you know, I, I mentioned I mentioned all that changing and all those decisions I made to do different things to support my family. Right. Um, without my wife there to be the support, um, it wouldn't have been able to be accomplished. I couldn't have I couldn't have made those decisions and actually made them work without her. Not someone like her, but her here taking care of the things that needed to be taken care of in, you know, in the walls necessarily when I'm out trying to figure out and knock down and figure out a new path, knock down trees and break up big rocks. It, right. it, it makes it easy if you got someone that can, that can, um, that can do that for you. So big, 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 big shout out to her. Big shout out to you guys. And seriously, I know that I don't need to do that. You guys are, it's your <laughs> show, but, um, I'm just very proud of the fact that, um, he's part of, um, this, this effort you guys are, are bringing forth. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I'm definitely going to like hit him up like your dad is the coolest ever. <laughs> I did tell him Thank that you. you were dragging me, though. I, I informed him <laughs> that I was what? That you were dragging me like you, you spent a solid chunk <laughs> of our conversation today. Just like tugging on my wig all the way through. <laughs> Well, it wasn't so. intentional. I just, uh, but I do appreciate that. And you guys, I, I love the website. I was telling Zach, there's some things that you guys were doing. Um, the fact you guys have pictures and the way you guys have set it up, and I, I love the fo- the the fonts. It, I love the, the the just the look and appeal of it. This is a really slick. I love the sound of it when I listen to it. It makes you it makes you want to listen. You want to engage. Like, okay, what did he say? Let me back that up. What did Fenora say? What? Oh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> okay, I have appreciated the full length of this conversation. I am telling Zach about. How amazing all of this is and how we're probably going to have to put this on our Patreon because people can't get this one for free. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you. Thanks, Eddie. And we're back. Hey, Adi, that was a great interview. I really enjoyed that. Uh, The themes kept popping up to me during your conversation were intentionality, comfort with being uncomfortable, and courage. It was really good. Uh... So I'm confused. Ed, why are you here? We're in the wrap-up section of the show. You can go now. Oh, you got jokes. Yeah, actually, yes, I do. Because <laughs> <laughs> y'all sound exactly alike. It is so weird. 
we do sound alike, which is why I knew we couldn't be interviewing like together. Like I couldn't interview. It would sound like I was having a conversation with myself. Facts. But eeriness of that aside, <laughs> I love the fact that he was able to be on the show. He and I, um, we have these discussions all the time and he's really the reason I'm so comfortable trying new things. Yeah. I mean, I definitely got that sense from him. During our interview, I was taken aback and dragged quite a few times um, at just how fearless he seemed to be. Uh, he made so many different transitions and changes and jumps and leaps of faith um, over the course of his professional career. It was actually kind of scary. Yeah, I know, right? But like at the same time, I, I think I learned that your plan doesn't need to make sense to anybody but you. Right. Because you're the one living your life. And I mean, when he was talking about his parents discouraging his shifts and those transitions, I could definitely relate because, you know, you can't explain your plans to everybody. Sometimes people side eye you like sis. You sure? Right. And it's all about, like my dad said, following your passions and going for what you feel is right. I mean, we're here right now doing living corporate and embracing discomfort and uncertainty. High risk for sure, but great rewards. No, I, I definitely agree. And it's also interesting that your dad was definitely job hon- uh, hopping and forging his own path way before it was trendy, like millennial trendy. Right. And, you know, he, he really wasn't wrong then and he isn't wrong now. I mean, look, if you if you look at this 2014 article from Forbes, it says that employees who stay in companies longer than two years get paid 50 percent less. And I know there's more value in just um, than just your paycheck. But also there's value in being bold and taking control of what you need to get where you believe you need to be. Right. So honestly, I'm excited for us to drop the extended interview on our Patreon. By the way, Soundman, give me some slow jams real quick while I hit them with this super ASMR voice. Guys, check out our Patreon. You want more content, right? You want exclusive stuff? You want giveaways? You want to hang out with the living corporate team? I know you do. So go ahead and go join our Patreon. The link will be in the show note. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That anyway, has... major shout out to Ed, my dad. <laughs> and I hope he can join us again soon. Let's get into our next segment, okay? Favorite things, where we talk about what our favorite things are these days. Yep. My favorite things right now are, I'm really into Miguel. I have been listening to um, some of my favorite Miguel songs lately, nonstop. Um, Candles in the Sun is like top five, top five, top five. Um, of all my favorite songs. So I've been really into into his entire discography. And I've also been really into hiking. So I have a puppy um, and he's a husky and he needs a lot of like physical activity and I'm training for this marathon. Um, and just being able to get out and really be active and get outside and kind of commune with nature and exercise my hippy dippy side has been really really fun hurts sometimes because my knees like sis we're getting way too old for this um but it's been it's been really great what about you that's really cool so my favorite thing right now has to be my siblings band keeping with the family theme of the show right 
why didn't you tell me you have whole rock stars in like your family? Like, bro, what? I know, right? And so I don't know, like, by the time this episode releases, if we'll already have seen them on America's Got Talent. But yeah, I'm really, really proud of them. Uh, I love them. They're great. Um, but yeah, so they're called None Above. They do funk, pop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like my oldest sister, my oldest little sister, Cadence, uh, she's 18. And she plays the bass and she does lead vocals. And then my second youngest sister is Maddie and she does keys and vocals. And then my oldest little brother, Bennett, plays guitar and he also does vocals. And then my littlest sibling, my little brother, Wisdom, plays drum set. And they're all great. Like they're super talented, really cute. Uh, I love them. They're awesome. I want you to know that this is a setup. They had no choice but to be rock stars with names like that. Cadence. Yeah. Cadence. <laughs> Cadence. <laughs> Your dad knew what he was doing. See? Yeah, yeah. Setup. No, strategist. Strategist. <laughs> and so what, what we'll do is we'll make sure to put um, their their information in the show notes so you guys can check them out as well. And uh, yeah, we'll make sure to link all that up. Awesome. Uh, and as a reminder, to see all of our favorite things, go to our website at living corporate dot com and click on face and that's our show thank you for joining us on the living corporate podcast make sure to follow us on instagram at living corporate twitter at living corp underscore pod and subscribe to our newsletter through living corporate.com if you have a question you'd like us to answer and read on the show make sure you email us at living corporate podcast at gmail.com also don't forget to check out our patreon at living corporate as well and that does it for us on the show. My name is Ade. And this has been Zach. Peace. Hey. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin from Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.